Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage your world. Here at the Power Place, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's Word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life. Well, good morning. How's everybody today? Praise the Lord. He's an awesome God. What a week it's been. Pastor Jeremy was listening to the news on Friday. And... He said one of the, the TV news people said, this is a new era. Roe has been overturned nationally. Amen. Nationally, it's been overturned. Statewide, we need to pray for Pennsylvania and Delaware. We need to pray that that, uh, God directs leadership, brings the right leadership so that life can be preserved in the womb. It's a new era. A 50-year blight on America has been overturned. And I I encourage you to pray for our Supreme Court justices who are brave, brave enough to go against the tide, brave enough to state the truth. And uh, they are under attack. Our, Our nation is under attack. The safest place for a baby should be in a mother's womb. But in America, that's not been the case. And I just pray that that we would, as a people, rise up and be counted. A lot of churches didn't say anything. If you're a woke church, you're not going to talk about Issues of the day. We're not woke, but we're awake. I'm proud to be a part of a fellowship that that loves God and loves his people and loves creation. Amen. Good to be in God's house today. Um, someone said, I don't know if you've noticed that everyone that's for abortion is already alive. You say, well, I've had an abortion. Well, God loves you. And he wants to heal those wounds. He wants to forgive you and heal you and, and bring you by his blood that he shed 
into complete restoration with him. That, that's how good he is. That's how much he loves you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And there's a lot of haters. Uh, we got hate posts already on our, on our page because of uh, celebrating life. There's always going to be haters. Jesus said, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. Join the club. It's a good club to be in. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I was in a taxi today. The driver said, I love my job. I'm, I'm my own boss. Nobody tells me what to do. Then I said, turn left here. I don't, know. I don't know about you, but I'm a multitasker. I can listen, ignore, and forget all at the same time. I'm good at it. And Chrissy, that's true, that's true. A lady sent in a long obituary. The paper called and told her the cost was so much per word. Oh my, she said, just change that to George died. The paper then told her that there was a five-word minimum. Well, she said, make that George died, Buick for sale. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I accidentally gave my wife a glue stick instead of her lipstick. She still isn't talking to me. As Luke mentioned, the power place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence on a daily basis, to be empowered by his spirit and his word so that you can engage with your world. It's the daily basis that makes a big difference. If you just, Sunday counters are great, are, they're great, but if you only encounter the Lord on Sunday, you won't have what it takes to stay vitally alive spiritually you'll be filled up more with the world system than you will be with godly system. There's, there's more worldly influence during the week than there will be godly influence during the week in your life. So I pray that, that you encounter his presence daily, are empowered by his spirit and his words so that you can engage with your world because your world needs you. Your world needs the presence of God in you. And so... Let's, let's grow together. Let's not shrivel up and die. In 2022, we declared a year of expansion, and God is expanding us. Uh, he's expanding our capacity in new ways. Uh, he's taking us places we've never been before. He's doing new things in us. And as Pastor Zane Anderson declared over us, this is a new era for the power place. Hallelujah. It's a season of seasons that, that we have been stepping into and we continue to step into. And what, what Pastor Zane shared and, and what he also uh, reaffirmed to us is that prophecy confirms what you already know. You already sense that God's doing something special. You've already sensed that he's taking you places you've never been before. 
And so a prophetic word comes and just cements that in your spirit and confirms what you already know. We've made room for him. We opened this this year with a series entitled Make Room. We want his presence more than anything else. We want to make room for him and his presence. And he's showing up and he's showing off and he's ministering to people and and people are being healed and broken lives are being put back together. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. Amen. I don't know if you know, but our world is pretty messed up. Is that news to anybody? As you know, it's Pride Month. That's been shoved down our throats. Um, But I will remind you that Pride is what turned a third of the angels into demons and brought Lucifer, the heavenly angel's fall, to become the devil, the enemy of our souls. Hmm. Pride will get you kicked out of heaven's best. In fact, James tells us that God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself therefore into the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Isaiah chapter 14 uh, speaks of the enemy's fall from heaven. Isaiah 14, 12, how you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You've been cut down to the earth, you you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And that it's that prideful spirit that, that is very dangerous. And even though you may be in heavenly places, pride will bring you down. He says in verse 15, nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities, who did not allow his prisoners to go home? And where you think you are, if you exalt yourself, you will find yourself cast down. And it seems like everyone's just living like they please nowadays, although not much has changed. I, I was uh, reading, a friend of mine puts out a daily thing, Richard Dresselhouse. He talked about cobwebs. Cobwebs, they stay hidden in the corners until they're revealed by the light. And some of us have a lot of cobwebs in our life. But it's the word of God that it shines a shining light, a bright light on the recesses of our soul. The things that that we think are hidden, things that really nobody else sees, but when they're revealed by the light, they're exposed. And the word of God, the word of truth, 
is a shining light. Romans chapter 1 is, is a full description of our day, I believe. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, the apostle Paul says to the Roman church, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. Praise God for that. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Then verse 18, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Now just realize this was written a long time ago. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. There are denominations that are in turmoil over this because they think God is like something that he's not. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like and as a result, their minds became dark and confused. When you don't acknowledge God, when you don't worship him as God and you kind of create your own God, you get all confused and, and dark. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men and as a result of this sin, 
they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Nobody wants to talk about that anymore. No, nobody wants to read it. Ah, ooh, ah. I'm here to tell you that pride has taken down a lot of people, including the devil himself. And God loves you. He loves every single person. He died for every single person on the face of this earth. But you come to a point where he will give you over and let you do whatever. Verse 28, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, Greed, hate. I, I don't know if you've watched any news lately, but, and I know Todd hasn't, but um, some of you tune in every once in a while, and I don't know if you've noticed the hatred that's come from those who have had their rights stripped from them. And it's a direct result of allowing yourself to be totally deluded. He abandoned them to their foolish thinking, let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. And they disobey their parents. And they disobey their parents. Hmm. And they disobey their parents. Wow. I'm talking to somebody today. Because that is lumped in with the rest of that stuff. Whoa. I'm 14, you know. Whatever. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. There's so many warnings in the word of God. Uh, last week we looked at one in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. 
all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink. They all went to the power place <laughs> until the pastor stepped on their toes and they quit. You might want to lift your feet off the ground today because I'm heading somewhere. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. They all had access to Jesus, the Messiah. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things like they did. Do not be idolaters. As some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Party time. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Do you know when you grumble, you're going against God? These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. Look at your neighbor and say, he's trying to warn you. Written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. First Corinthians 6, verse 9, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves, he says. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, let me just pause for a moment. Sexual sin is sleeping with someone that's not your husband or wife. Scripture is very clear. It, you're not going to heaven if you're sleeping around. Pastor, stop it. No, I won't. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols... An idol is anything that is more important to you than God. It could be your car. It could be your house. It could be a person. More important than God. Those who indulge in or commit adultery, sleeping with someone that's not your husband or wife. Scripture is very clear. One man, one woman, for life. In marriage, the covenant of marriage. That's the best possible scenario. So, well, messed that up a long time ago. Okay, well, where are you now? Stay in the right place now. Don't let condemnation bring you down, but stay in that marriage relationship 
That's a word for somebody. Some of you are looking to get out because you're just unhappy. Marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. I'm telling you. I'm preaching it. I am. Because there have been many days we haven't been happy. But God has used those days to, to chip off those stupid areas that we thought were important to us. And he's making us holy because he gives you somebody who will call you out on your junk. Everybody else looks at you and goes, oh, you're amazing. You're amazing. Oh, you're the most amazing person in the world. Your husband or wife looks at you and go, shape up. Because that ain't right. That's not godly. Where am I? Don't fool yourselves, those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes. Or I could pause there for a minute because there's a lot of guys just get it under control, gentlemen. Or practice homosexuality. What? Did you say that? No, the word of God says that. Or practice homosexuality or are thieves. Some of you need to get right with the IRS. Just saying. Or greedy people. I looked at the crowd this morning. I said, well, I ran a few off last week. Looks like I'm going to run about half them off this week. I'm not trying to run you off. I'm just trying to preach the truth so that you'll align with what God wants for you because it's a new era. It's a new era. It's time to step into what God has for you. Or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards? And I said to myself, what does that word drunkard mean? Because I looked it up in the Greek and drunkards means drunken, intoxicated, tipsy. I mean, let's be honest. I told you last week that in Barbados, they tried to give me a, a drink that had alcohol in it. And once I tasted it, just a slight taste, I knew this is disgusting. This can't be what I ordered. So I went back again, ordered again, and she said, oh, I'm sorry. And she went and put the alcohol in it again. I took a little sip and I said, whoa, hang on. Don't you understand? Look. I don't drink that stuff. And, and let's be honest. The taste is awful. Unless you cover it up. Or you become accustomed to it. And if you'll peel back the layers and be honest with yourself, the real reason you drink alcohol or spirits. Did I say spirits? Well, that's, that's what it says on the sign. Because this spirit opens you up to other spirits. The reason you drink is for what it does for you. 
relaxes me. It takes the edge off. It gives me a little buzz. It, it frees me to be comfortable with myself. Tipsy. I, I watched during the pandemic. I felt like it really revealed a lot of stuff that was already there. But it just became front and center. I watched as... Uh, what, became, what was important to America came to the forefront. Alcohol and gambling. He talks about being greedy people up here. Uh, notice that, that uh, alcohol stores were essential businesses. While the church wasn't, church was not essential, no essentialness there, we don't need the church. But if we can just get to the alcohol store and, and get what we need, get the spirits that we need to sedate us. And, and during the pandemic, gambling went to a whole new level online and by the apps on your phone. And, and now, you know, every, every, uh, Every ad says, if you have a gambling problem, well, of course I have a gambling problem if I'm watching this and doing this. Because there's, there's something that happens in your, your adrenaline, your, your uh, composition of your body when you gamble. Something happens in your brain. It, it feeds those kind of endorphins and, and you, get a, you get a rush. Say, so, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, uh, my uncle had, he had some slot machines in his basement. The kind, the old kind. You pull it down and the bars go and, and all of a sudden you see the cherries pop up. Get in line and the money trickles down into your little deal there. I was a teenager. And I loved going to my uncle's house because he let us play with house money. Didn't cost me anything. And then one day the house money ran out. And yet I still needed that, that excitement, that fix. So I pulled my money out. Pastor, how much did you win? Oh, you win a little bit, so you keep coming back. It's just like any other addiction, okay? You understand, if you've had any, any kind of dealing with addiction, it just keeps you coming back for more. So we couldn't go to the casinos during the pandemic, so let's bring it to your phone. Pastor, you're against gambling? Yeah, I am. I think you're crazy if you're playing the lottery. You say, well, it's just 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there, no big deal. I'm going to win. I'm going to give the church a million dollars. 
we'll take your money. <laughs> but I still think we've, we've come to a point where we're greedy. And that greed takes us places that we can't control. Somebody's making a whole lot of money on our addictions. That's not even taking into account pornography. And, I mean, we could go all day long. Tobacco, cigarettes, medical marijuana, drugs, vaping. You go down the list. It's all there. And the devil is laughing at America. He's laughing at the church and the delusion we've fallen for. It's even to the point of gender dysphoria. We, what am I? Am I a man? Am I a woman? What is a woman? I This gender ideology that is being pushed on our children in school to question how you were created. How are you feeling? Well, when I was a kid, I felt all kinds of things all the time. Can you really trust a child's feelings? Those of you who are raising them right now, you understand, no, you can't. Confusion is of the devil, and he's loving this, and I think it's time that the church wakes up. So wake up, church. Thieves, greedy people, drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't know what you're living for, but I'm living to inherit the kingdom of God. I'm living for something beyond right now, something beyond today, something beyond this feeling, this moment. I'm living for a, a forever future. I don't want to miss out on the kingdom of God. Then he says in verse 11, come with me for a moment. Some of you were once like that, but, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Y'all used to live like that, but you're not anymore because you were bought. You were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. I love that he, he addresses everything and then he says, y'all were like that, but you're not anymore. And if we took a survey in this house today, a bunch of you were like that, but you're not anymore because you were called out. You were Cleansed, you are made holy, you are made right with God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, you say, I'm allowed to do anything. And I hear this all the time. Hey, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. God's talking to you. Listen to him. He's got your best interests in mind. He cares about you. He wants the best for you. 
you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. I remember my brother, he was, he was in his 20s, and he decided he wasn't going to eat chocolate for three years. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm telling my body what to do. I won't allow my body to tell me what to do. That's my favorite thing in the world, chocolate. And I'm telling it, you can't have any. And I watched that discipline in him that freed him from his addiction to chocolate. Now, later on, after the three years, he indulged again. (laughs) But he wanted to prove to his body that he was in charge. That his body was not going to tell him what it had to have. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach, the stomach for food. This is true, though. Someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. The Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So, Run, verse 18, run, run. Look at your neighbor and say, run, run, run from sexual sin. Run from it, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. If I could talk to the teenagers today, I'd say run from sexual sin because it'll mess you up. You will go into a marriage with all kinds of hang-ups and baggage because of sexual sin. It messes you up. It takes your stickiness to one and just makes it hard to stick. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Anybody still here? Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. You're worth a whole lot to God. He bought you with a high price. You do not belong to yourself. So you must honor God with your body. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not quite done yet, but... 
There is a prophecy over our house. A new era is here. We're stepping into this new era with bold, untamed faith. We can't live like we've always lived. We can't carry that kind of living into the new era that God has for us. You may have been like that, but you don't have to be. Allow Jesus Christ to cleanse you. Allow his spirit to wash you. Can't live like we've always lived. Can't carry this kind of living into the new era that God has for us. Because God wants to take us to new heights and new depths. And the old way of living can't go where God wants to take us. Pastor Zane shared with us that the Lord showed him that a new day starts when it's still dark. A new day starts at midnight. And you may not recognize, because it's so dark out, that it's a new day. You may be saying to yourself, I've heard the prophecies, I've heard the words spoken, but, but I don't see the fulfillment yet. I'm here to tell you, don't be discouraged. A new day has started, and it starts at midnight when it's still dark. It may still be dark in your situation, but it's a new day beginning. Come on, somebody. Hold on. The light will soon shine brightly. It's a new day. In, in my daily encounters, I was reading in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. Because they were facing the Moabites. And one of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal servant, assistant. Jehoshaphat said, Yes, the Lord speaks through him. And may that be something that people talk about with you. Yes, the Lord speaks through them. When somebody brings your name up, they say, you think they've got an answer for me? Yes, the Lord speaks through them. We can count on what they say. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, king of Edom, went to consult with Elisha. Why are you coming to me, Elisha? Asked the king of Israel. Go to the pagan prophets of your father and mother. He had a tone, I'm telling you. But King Joram of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab. Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. There's something about anointed music that brings you into hearing the voice of the Lord. And while the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha and he said, this is what the Lord says. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourselves and your cattle and other animals. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord, for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You will conquer the best of their towns, even the fortified ones. You will cut down all their good trees, stop up all their springs, and ruin all their good land with stones. The next day, verse 20, the next day, a new day starts at midnight, 
The next day, at about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared. It was flowing from the direction of Edom, and soon there was water everywhere. Meanwhile, when the people of Moab heard, heard about the three armies marching against them, they mobilized every man who was old enough to strap on a sword, and they stationed themselves along their border. But when they got up the next morning, the sun was shining across the water, making it appear red to the Moabites like blood. It's blood, the Moabites exclaimed. The three armies must have attacked and killed each other. Let's go, men of Moab, and collect the plunder. When the Moabites arrived at the Israelite camp, the army of Israel rushed out and attacked them until they turned and ran. The army of Israel chased them into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. I'm here to tell you today that a new day has begun. Even though it may still be dark, there's a prophecy over our house that a new day has begun. And Pastor Zane also reminded us that personal prophecy is not a guarantee, but it's an invitation. Prophecy is divine intent. What should be and what could be, but not a guarantee. Prophecy is not a guarantee, it's an invitation. So we must steward the word well so we can step into it. Scripture tells us it's required of stewards that one be found faithful, that one be found trustworthy. So we must be found faithful to steward what God has spoken over us. And we have to align with the word. Again, unity is one of our core values here at the power place. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we choose to lean into intentional conversations because hard conversations lead to health. Or they reveal something in you that you don't want to deal with. And you run. I don't want to talk about this. What are you, why are you talking about this stuff all the time? Because intentional conversations that are sometimes hard, they'll lead you to health if you'll begin to examine yourself. Apostle Paul, when he's talking about communion, he says you need to examine yourself. Otherwise, you're going to die. So some people are dying because they're not examining themselves to make sure everything's right between them and God. Everything's right between you and the word of God over you. Alignment. Assignment, advancement. Once you're aligned, you can be assigned. and You can advance in what God has for you. It's a new era. An era filled with divine intent. God wants something for you. God wants something for us as a house. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to bless you, plans to give you hope and a future. I have plans for you. It's our responsibility to steward our lives in such a way that we step into what he has for us. It's not a guarantee, but it is an invitation. And I would encourage you to accept his invitation. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. Now, what I'm commanding you today, it's not too difficult for you. 
or beyond your reach. What I'm commanding you today, I I love that he didn't say what I'm suggesting is, he says, I'm commanding you, and it's not too difficult for you to, or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it, proclaim it to us so we may obey it? No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Life and prosperity, death and destruction. So I'm giving you options here. There's only two options, life and prosperity or death and destruction. Two choices, heaven or hell. Smoking or not. Life and prosperity or death and destruction. I read this week, somebody said uh, there's a certain point in church services where it borders on a hostage situation. And I'm sitting here thinking right now, some of you feel like a hostage. You're like, I just want to get out of here. Oh, my goodness. And God loves you so much that he stopped you at this intersection just for a few moments because he really does care about you cares about your health. He, he cares about your spiritual health. He cares that, that you might spend eternity in hell and he wants to free you from that. He, he, he already paid the price so that you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven, be with Jesus the rest of your life. He paid that price already because that's how much he loves you. I said before you today, life and prosperity, death and destruction, For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. That's what I want for you. God says, this is what I want for you. I command you today, love the Lord your God. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his commands. Then you'll live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you. But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. And we don't have to go far to see the destruction that happens when we walk away from God. Some of you have lived it. And praise God, you're back. And you're saying, you know what? That, yeah, I've already lived that part. I'm ready for the life and the blessings. I'm ready to walk in and and obey what God asked me to do. Because I've lived the death and destruction part. Can I get an amen? Amen. your heart turns away, you're not obedient. If you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. 
You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Look at your neighbor, tell him, now choose life. Choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. Hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm giving you two options here. Death and life. I'm begging you, choose life so that you and your children can live. You can enter into the blessings I have. So how do we enter the new era God has for us? Obedience to his word and his nudge. Some of you have have done some things and you've got that nudge of the Holy Spirit, but you've decided to push him away so many times that he doesn't even bother you about it anymore. Because he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on you. But you know that nudge and and he's telling you, look, stop that. I'm, I'm warning you. Don't go there. That's how much he loves you. Obedience is the key to life. This isn't rocket science. We follow the nudge of the Holy Spirit and obey the word of God that he's spoken to us. We don't live by what we see. We live by the nudge of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And as he leads, we follow. We do it in unity. We come together and we say, hey, we're going to align. God's going to assign. and We're going to advance. Come on, somebody. I'll just tell you, this church is here because of the obedience to God's prophetic call. Before this church ever existed, he told me the name of the church, the power place. When I brought it to the committee, they said, oh, you can't name it that. Nobody will come. So, well, God told me that's the name. Because he needs a place where people can encounter the power of his presence. So you should probably call it uh, Kennett Square Community Church. Yeah, it's nice, but that's not what God called us to. There's There's a prophetic call to this house. And we could have ignored it. But we chose to obey his voice, obey his nudge, and step into the prophetic call he had for this house. It was an invitation. We could have said yes or no. We obeyed his call, and here we are. He called us to be a presence-driven church, that everything would revolve around his presence. So we step into this new era with bold, untamed faith. We're not going to live by what we see or feel. We're going to live by the word of God. 
because expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. We have bold, expectant, untamed faith in what God has said. <coughs> if he promised it, we can expectantly step out and receive it because it's a new era. It's a new era. It's a new era. And some things may have to die. Some things may have to be put aside so that you can move into this new era God has for you. Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at the Power Place Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website.